Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Kim. And I'm Lisa. And we're going to talk about a few things. In our last episode, we talked about the fire stick and the Amazon Fire TV, how Netflix was not accessible. Well, magically, again, it is now currently accessible. Netflix works again. Before, we could not actually get on Netflix, and now, once again, it works perfectly as of, I guess, the latest update, which couldn't have been more than four or five days ago. That's pretty impressive. It, and it must does have, appear to it, be working now. It must have been a behind-the-scenes update, too, because yeah. there's nothing changed in the firmware. For my Fire Stick that I had that wasn't working, I magically went into it, and it started working. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, something like a YouTube, that still doesn't work. So, I mean, you still have to be kind of cautious as to what you're using, and it's still somewhat of a crapshoot, far more so than something like your Apple TV 4th Gen. However... Things are definitely moving in the right direction with some of these apps. Hulu does work, I can confirm. As I mentioned, YouTube does not, but Hulu, Netflix do. DirecTV now sort of kind of sort of works. <laughs> Just give you a list of, of some things that, that, you know, possibly could work for you if it's something that you're interested in. I need to sign back into Spotify to see if there have been any improvements in this update, but... I think it was relatively good before. I just need to try again. I have recently acquired a full-fledged Fire TV because I wanted something with an SD card slot so I could have more memory. And yes, a tutorial will be coming sometime this quarter. So definitely stay tuned for that. As soon as this website stuff is done, my next order of business is Apple TV and then probably the Fire TV directly after that. Do those two back-to-back so you'll have them available for comparison purposes. So... That's pretty exciting stuff, and we're really excited that Netflix works on it again. Yay! And now that we've said what apps don't work on the podcast, maybe they too will fall in line. Absolutely. Come on, maybe, Come on, you two. <laughs> maybe the magic is in learning at Mystic Access, but maybe the magic is also in saying what doesn't work. Without a doubt. Yeah. Because hopefully then it will change. Speaking, yeah. speaking of apps that used to work that no longer work, I just started playing with AVG 2017. Which is an antivirus program for those who aren't familiar yeah, with it. Yeah, for Windows. Correct. That no longer works. They hmm. did an interface update. and they Those got, are always scary. Yes, and they got rid of the classic nice interface that worked. And now it's just this AVG Zen thing. From what I've been able to play with it, it is not accessible, and I uninstalled it. So what are you using now? I was using Viper, but I was—I just saw this 2017 come out, and I wanted to see if it was accessible. And to my way of thinking, it's not. Yeah, I'm using Viper as well and have for a couple years, and that's fairly accessible, as is Windows Defender, which some people use and like as well. I'm not really sure which other ones are accessible. I hear rumors of this one works okay with this screen reader, but not with that one. It Mm -hmm. unfortunately really is a moving target. Absolutely. Yeah. What I really like about Viper, though, is is essentially you set it and forget it. So you don't really have to play much with it after the initial setup process at all. Speaking of some bad news about things, we unfortunately have some for you guys. We are very deeply saddened and a little upset to say that 
the Cinti headphones that we have been offering on the site for several months now have been discontinued. We're definitely not happy about this. One thing that we're going to do as soon as the new site launches, and we may be able to figure out a way to do it on the old site, but we are going to make the Cinti tutorials available to you guys for free. The prices have gone up so significantly on these discontinued Cintis that we offered that they're really not very cost effective. However, if you do get lucky enough to find something for a really good price, then you're very welcome to download the tutorials. We're going to have them available as part of our free downloads page on the new website, which is in still a work in progress. It really doesn't seem fair for us to be charging you 15 bucks for the tutorial when you can now pay up to $100 or much more for these headphones. So not happy about it. It's a lot of work to create tutorials and promote something that we really love. And then it is annoying to see them disappear. But we will find something comparable to them. We still do offer our e-candies and are hard at work to attempt to find a really awesome replacement for the Centis. More news on that as we get it. And, you know, some of you might say, well, why would I want a free tutorial on something I can't get. That to me is a really easy answer. And that is if you've never purchased anything from Mystic Access, then listening to one of these or even part of it or just skimming through it will give you an idea of the thoroughness that goes into the tutorials for any products that we sell, as well as the tutorials on other readily available hardware and software. But it's just kind of a measuring stick. You know, you can listen and say, well, I really like this. I like this level of detail. And you can choose based on that whether or not you will buy the tutorial for other items that we offer. Absolutely. And also, if you happen to find a pair of these for a decent price or for a price you're willing to pay, you've automatically got something with which to learn to easily use it. Anything that we create, we're pretty confident that 99% of you can take that and pretty quickly get up and running with the product that we have done the tutorial on. One thing we're going to offer on our free products page on the new site is a pretty large variety of stuff by all three of us. And I think that's very important that you're going to get something free from all three of us where you can learn our individual styles, how we differ, how we are similar and how we teach and be able to get quite a variety of stuff that you can play and listen to and check out both the MP3s and the Daisy of some and also some just streaming MP3 content that you can stream directly from the website so there's quite a bit available that you're going to have to choose from and hours of stuff if you just want to get a really good idea and check out some variety among our stuff so we're pretty excited about having a few hours of free content available for you guys when the new site launches speaking of free in the next podcast which will be coming out probably a few days after this one gets put out it will be the bard express audio tutorial that I created, which will be on the free downloads of the webpage. But I was so excited that we're just going to push it out into the podcast feed. Yeah, it's going to be cool. And since Bart Express is such a new service, we do want you to know, though, that this isn't our normal format for podcasts. So Chris is actually going to create a little intro for that podcast to remind those of you who are newer listeners to our podcast. Normally, we don't do a full-fledged tutorial as part of a podcast episode or in a podcast episode. So it's a little out of the norm for us. Generally, starting in 2017, we're going to have a bi-weekly podcast format, but occasionally little surprises may be thrown in, such as this Bard Express tutorial. 
And we just wanted you to know, for those of you who are new, this isn't really our regular format to have what is essentially an hour-long tutorial <laughs> as a full podcast for you guys. But it does give you a really good idea, as Chris was saying, of a really cool new service that BARD is offering and an idea of how our tutorials sound and how they can assist you once they are completed. We'd also like to remind you that the Vario Ultra class is coming up. The first one will be on Wednesday, January 18th, and the classes are filling up nicely. We have a noon Eastern and a 9 p.m. Eastern class. Those are to accommodate various time zones and work schedules and such, and I'm really looking forward to it. We have the mailing list set up and running and students have already started chatting back and forth a bit mostly just asking questions and i'm sure that there will be more questions as the class goes on and that is also the place where the download links from the classes will be posted so when you take the class you not only can listen and learn at the time, but you can also download those classes and listen later either to go over some concept that you weren't clear on the first time or to refresh your memory and really get those concepts cemented into your mind. And the reason the list is so cool is not only can students and participants in the class banter back and forth and share insights on the Vario or ask questions. But Lisa will also be available on the list if you have questions that, for instance, weren't answered in class or what have you. She'll be able to do some of that in terms of yes. answering your questions. And if you have any technical issues in terms of getting a message through the list or needing help with the conference line or whatever, that's more kind of my job. So if you have any questions like that, I'll be on the list as well. So you're very welcome to ask questions like that, and I'll probably be the one helping you out with more of that so Lisa can concentrate on getting people help with their Varios and doing class questions and stuff like that. Because when it comes to this class, I'm a student just like you guys, <laughs> so it's going to be fun to be on that side of the fence for this particular class for me. And we're hoping that this really will be a quality experience for yes. you, that you get the information that you can really use and learn, because the Vario is not impossible to learn, but it is a little complicated. I heard someone joking one time that because it's a German-made display, they said, you know, you have eight fingers and two thumbs, and the Germans are bound to determine that you will use all of them. And you do. There <laughs> are a fair you number do. of buttons. And there are also some easy ways to remember some of the concepts. The main question that I have seen and have felt myself is there are three or four ways to do any given thing. How do I decide which ones are best for me? And so we will go over some of that. If you look on Mystic Access website, you will find an outline for the course and all that we cover. And of course, if you have questions, you can drop us an email or give us a call and we will be happy to answer those to the best of our abilities. Absolutely. And we've really tried to keep this affordable so that if it's something that interests you, you'll be able to participate with us. For the price, you're getting a lot of content. These are 60 to 75 minute classes and there are six of them. So you're getting a lot of time and attention from Lisa to be able to make sure that your questions are answered. Plus you have the ability to post on the list all through the six weeks. So lots of 
resources available for you should this class be something that interests you. You can go to the website and it's available on the front page right now. Of course, we'll also have a link in the show notes if you want to learn more. And again, our first class takes place Wednesday the 18th. Yes. Signups are filling up and I've gotten the question, is there still room? For now, there is still room in both classes as of the time of recording. If both classes fill up, we will let you know that in the information on the web page or we would just take that information down. So basically, we're not going to take your money only to tell you, we're sorry, the class is filled up. We will make sure that you know that signups have been closed. Yes, but we do want to be transparent enough with you to say that we do kind of have a maximum that we want in each class so that everyone has time to answer their questions and so it'll still feel like a small group atmosphere so that people can get their questions answered and not feel intimidated by feeling like they're having to talk over several people or have to deal with a larger group. So we want this to be a relatively intimate gathering in both these classes. We do have a maximum that we kind of want for each class and we don't want it to go beyond that. So if you are interested in signing up, you may want to do it sooner than later to make sure that you can get a spot in the class that you want. One thing that we wanted to also talk about was the fact that you can now borrow the Victor Reader Stream audio tutorial from the Perkins Library. And they have 10 copies that they are willing to lend to their patrons. And of course, we will have contact information for Perkins in the show notes. We're really happy about this. And it's another way that you can check out this particular tutorial of ours if you are interested in doing so. So last time I threatened that I would have a question this time around for each of us to answer, a strange question. And due to circumstances slightly beyond our control at the moment, we do not have that question. But please be assured that we will for the next podcast. So if you want to know what the mystery question is, please join us and listen next time. Absolutely. And depending on when the NLS Bard Express podcast is entered into the feed it will be here the next time all three of us are hanging out together podcasting for you guys it will definitely be here so it's gonna be fun speaking of things that are fun at least i hope they're fun as mentioned in our christmas new year's podcast we all received some pretty cool presents either that we purchased for ourselves or that we received over the holidays and the purchase that i got for myself is a yamaha soundbar what I have done is record a pretty nice lengthy intro to that particular soundbar to show you guys. Now, one caveat before we jump in and listen to that. I do not actually show the app associated with it. The reason I do not is because I kind of mentioned toward the beginning of this insert what is available in the app. So there's not a lot more in there than what I mentioned in the beginning it is very accessible it works really beautifully it's just a very nice resource to have when you use this particular soundbar so i'm quite delighted with it and i'm really anxious to be able to share how it works and i show you the remote control how you can utilize that to use all functions and features of the soundbar and i show you how it sounds. So hopefully you're going to be able to enjoy this little insert. And if you're looking for a great new soundbar, this might be one you want to consider. 
It's under 150 bucks. So if that's in your price range, you may want to listen particularly closely to this insert. And the link to the soundbar itself will be in the show notes as well. We are about to sign out and the insert will follow us. So everybody, thanks for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye. 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 Hey, you guys, welcome to this demonstration portion of today's podcast. Today, I'm going to demonstrate my Christmas gift to myself in 2016, which is the Yamaha ATS-1050-R. It is a soundbar. It has dual sub woofers, which allows it to have some really nice bass without being huge and thumpy, which I'm not necessarily into, but yet it still gives it some nice punch when necessary. It's just over two inches tall, which I think is really nice because it fits in front of your TV without necessarily obstructing your TV. It has kind of a cloth outer shell in front of where the speakers are located all the way across, and it's a soundbar, so it's long. It's about 35 inches long. It does have kind of a cloth covering. I was kind of expecting more of a metal housing for the speakers some kind of metal grill. That's not what these are. I don't mind that, however. I don't find that to be a problem considering all the goodies that you actually do get with this. One of the things that a lot of people might find helpful to know, in addition to that it's not going to obstruct the viewing of the television, is that it also has clear voice. And what clear voice does is it brings the voice further to the forefront. So if you're listening to something, say, with lots of speeding cars going by and gunfights or what have you, and there's dialogue going on at the same time, and you want to be able to more clearly hear that dialogue, then you'll be able to press this clear voice button, and there are buttons, and we'll get to that in a second, and the voice will come more to the forefront so that you can more easily and clearly hear dialogue. This also works when listening to music, so if you want to hear the lyrics more clearly, you can press this button, and you'll be able to hear the vocals more clearly. So that's pretty cool. I really like the fact that the clear voice feature is there. So if you have any type of hearing impairment, it could be a useful little trick for you. Or if you just want to make sure you've heard all that nice juicy dialogue more clearly, then you've got that little button. It also has bass extension. So if you do want more bass than what your subs allow or can bring up to, <laughs> then you have the ability to press this bass extender button and you can get that. There's also an app. It's for Android and iOS. I've not yet tried the Android version, so I don't know how accessible it is. But the iOS version is very accessible. And it allows you to do a little more than what you can do with the buttons alone. There are more things that you can do in terms of how you can make it sound. For instance, there are five different sound modes that you can enable through the app. Movie, sports, game, music, and TV program. So the accessibility of the app really allows it to have even more functionality to those of us who want that. It connects using a digital optical cable, which it actually comes with, which I think is very, very cool. I connected it using the digital optical cable to my Samsung television. It worked perfectly. It's literally one connection, and then you plug the power into the wall, and you're done. <laughs> so there are two things you have to do. Plug it in, connect it, you're finished. So setup really could not be simpler, and I'm pretty challenged when it comes to setting up some of this stuff. That made it really nice that it was so simple, in fact, to do. It also has a 
2.1 surround sound mode, you can make it sound more surround than just simply stereo. It actually sounds pretty darn good. If you're listening to orchestral music, classical music for instance, if you have your Tchaikovsky or your Mozart on and you want to make sure that that sounds as good as possible, you may want to check out the 7.1 surround mode. Or if you're into programs that play a lot of orchestral music, it may be something that you want to check out and enjoy. If you're listening to a lot of instrumental music, even something like chill out, some electronica, some trance, stuff like that, it would sound really incredible using the 7.1 surround function. So it's 7.1 without having all the 7.1 speakers filling up your house, <laughs> which I love. Makes me very excited to just have one slim soundbar and yet not to have to worry about all my speakers around and really get a nice 7.1 surround experience. Now it doesn't sound like totally 7.1. It's not going to sound like you're in a movie theater. Don't misunderstand me. But it really does sound quite good. And I am going to give you a demonstration. It's also 120 watts. You're definitely going to get some nice, nice room filling sound. And it's probably going to beat the heck out of whatever TV you have. When you take it out of the box, it's also nice to know that it's under 9 pounds. So if you are just one person, although it is kind of better to have two because it is 35 inches across. If you have another person, that could potentially be nice. I actually had another person here when I took mine out, but I could have done it myself easily. It also can be wall mounted. And I believe there are holes already in it. I do not believe it actually comes with the mounting hardware. I haven't noticed. I don't think so. I just sat mine in front of my TV and it's worked perfectly there. So those are pretty much the specs of the unit. On the back of the unit, there are actually physical buttons. I don't know how many of those physical buttons are the same as located on the remote. What I'm going to show you how to do is utilize the remote. I've not actually memorized the buttons on the back of the unit because, frankly, I don't want to be reaching back around there trying to move stuff around and find my buttons and dislodge something that I've got sitting there because I have a lot of stuff around my TV. <laughs> I've got like some gym short figurines and, you know, just all sorts of stuff. And I just rather kind of set that there, forget it, and not have to worry about that. So what I chose to do is learn the remote. But if you want to memorize where the buttons are, and they're elongated, they're relatively small, but they are elongated buttons. You can be able to tell where one ends and the next begins, even though they are pretty flush with one another. But I think it would be relatively easy to learn the button placement, and they all sit in a horizontal row. You should be able to learn those if you choose to use the buttons on the back as opposed to the remote control. However, it does come with a remote control. That's what I want to teach you. The remote is pretty small. I'd say it's no more than four inches vertically and even less than that across. So it's rectangular and it has quite a few buttons on it. But once you learn them, they make sense in terms of what they are. They're also different in terms of their shape. There's some round ones, there's some rectangular ones, and there are a couple of little bitty round ones as well. So I'll explain as I go what they are and their shape. The back of the remote comes off by just pressing on this portion of the remote and then lifting up. It's pretty standard. And there are two AAA batteries that the remote takes. If you put it back on, you just slide the bottom in and then you can snap the top back in. So the lid does come completely off, the lid where the battery compartment lives. And now I'm going to take you through the remote and show you what is here. On the top right of the remote, if you have the buttons facing up towards you and the sensor, which you can feel quite well, facing away from you, starting from the top right furthest away from you, you'll find a round button. This is your power button. 
Pressing it once will turn the power on. Pressing it again will turn the power off on the soundbar. If you move down to the next row of buttons, and we're going to go by row, that's the only thing on the top row is this button on the very far right in the top right corner of the remote facing away from you. If you move your hand down, you'll find three circular buttons about the same size as the power button. These are TV, DVD, and analog. Pretty self-explanatory. If you want to watch your TV, you'll press TV. If you'll want to watch your DVD player and you have everything hooked up correctly, and I do not have my DVD player plugged in this way, currently I have a Philips home theater and my TV and DVD plugged together through RCA ports. I am hoping to sell this sound system now that I have this soundbar from Yamaha and get a different DVD player and free up some room because this is a 5.1 surround and I have all the speakers. Yikes! <laughs> Including a big sub as well. So that takes up quite a lot of space and I would like to find this a new home. So just putting some fillers out there. If anyone's interested, let me know. So those are the three buttons in that row. TV for your TV. DVD if you have your DVD plugged up in such a way where they connect and speak to each other. And analog if you have another source hooked up. If you move down from that, you're going to find another row, and it's got a button on one end, a blank space, and a button all the way on the other end. The one you really want to concern yourself with is the button on the left end, and these are rectangular skinny buttons. The one on the left-hand edge is Bluetooth, so it's directly under the TV button. This will allow you to connect a Bluetooth device, such as your Droid, your iDevice, your phones, what have you. Over on the other side of this row, or the other end or edge of this row, is the dimmer button. This allows you to dim or brighten up the display on your soundbar. If you move down from that, you're going to find quite a bit of empty space, and then you're going to find another similar row. Again, this has skinny rectangular buttons with rounded edges, just like their neighbors up top, <laughs> or up on the row above. And you'll find a button on one end, a blank space, and a button on the other end. These are the 7.1 surround simulating button and the stereo button. So whether you want stereo or surround, these are the buttons you will press. Moving down from there, you're going to find another row with three rectangular buttons close together, closest to the left-hand edge of the row. The first one is your base extender, which you can turn on or off. The next one is the clear voice button, which I explained. And the third one apparently is a button that will allow you to match the voice and the closed caption. So the closed caption is matching where your voice is in terms of the dialogue happening on the screen. I don't remember the official name of this button, but it pretty much allows you to sync up where the voice is and the closed caption. I think it allows you to slow it down. So this doesn't actually turn closed caption on and off. It just allows you to sync the voice. I would not press this too much if I were you because I don't actually know what it's going to do. <laughs> if you need that for any reason or would like to play with that more, certainly it is available. I suppose you can't screw anything up too badly by playing with it, but it obviously isn't going to do anything for those of us who don't utilize some kind of closed captioning or need to sync where the voice and the closed caption is and I believe I have it right in terms of it affecting the closed caption. It somehow allows you to slow that down to match it with the dialogue on the screen or sync it in such a way where it better matches that. If you move down from there, and this is the only time we're going to defer from my row, the button 
on the left of the next row, which is a skinny rectangle, move your finger down, there's going to be an empty space, and there's going to be another button. So we're looking at columns now instead of rows. You're going to find two of these, and they look like twins, two rectangular skinny buttons. The column on the left allows you to turn your subs up all the way, and then turn them down. So the top button on that column turns the sub up, the bottom button turns it down. Just to the right in that next column is your volume button. So turn your volume up with the top one, down with the next one. And then if you move your finger all the way over from the down buttons, the sub down and volume down, on the end of that row, which would be the bottom two buttons in that column, you're going to find a little bitty round button. This is your mute button. The final two buttons on the remote, we're going to go back to rows for this one, are two little bitty round buttons sitting on that bottom row by themselves. The first one is Learn. Learn allows you to sync up your TV remote so you can use it to turn your volume up and down on the soundbar. So it's less you have to do on this remote. I've not yet tried this feature because obviously you're going to need some sighted assistance to figure out what you need to do and, and what order you need to do it and all that. So you're essentially having your soundbar learn where the volume is on your TV remote so that you can use the volume on your TV remote to control the volume of your soundbar rather than having to use the volume buttons. And then all the way on the right hand side of that little row, and it's not all the way on the right, it's right next to it, so they're kind of in the middle of that row, these two little round buttons. The final button on the right is your Bluetooth standby button. So those are the buttons on your remote. So you can kind of learn to control your soundbar and utilize it with ease. Now that I've showed you what the remote is all about, I'm going to turn on my television. I've got like four remotes here, so this is going to take me just a moment. I'm going to turn on my TV, and I think I have this set to TV right now. I actually have the volume on on the soundbar. So this is the TV. I don't know how well you can hear this. I'm going to turn it up just a bit. And I'm going to turn it up using the soundbar, not the TV. And let me explain that in just a second. So this, whatever this commercial is, is ending. I had to leave school and go to work. Now I have to pay back student loans for a degree I don't have. Fortunately... So that's just the TV. That's the sound from the TV coming out of the soundbar. And I just pressed mute on my soundbar using the little round mute button. When you have your soundbar on, in my case at least, I need to have my TV all the way down or you're going to get this double effect, which I don't want. So I turn the sound on my television all the way down, turn the volume all the way down, and then just utilize the soundbar for the volume. That has worked fine for me. I've found no issue with that whatsoever. My TV, I think, is a 2011 model, so it's a little older. You may not have this issue with yours, but that's what I ended up doing to make mine sound fine. So I'm just going to unmute. StudentLoanHelp.org. I'm Ree Drummond. I live on a ranch in the middle of nowhere. So you can hear the music. This is Food Network. Let's see if I can show you a couple things. I'm going to show you clear voice. I'm whipping up a fabulous blueberry coffee cake. I turned it on. I don't think you can necessarily tell the difference. Then, for dinner, it's petite beef fillets with cool wasabi cream that have cowgirl written all over them. And then I turned it off again. Decadent lobster mac and cheese. 
and Paige's latest vegetable obsession, lemony broccolini. It's puppy time, mother-daughter time, and all our favorite food. Welcome to my frontier. Now, when she was saying it's puppy time, mother-daughter time, that sentence, I had the clear voice on. I'm going to mute her. And then the next sentence where she said, welcome to my frontier, I turned the clear voice back off. So I'm going to unmute her and turn her down just a smidge. Starts with dry ingredients. There we go. Two cups of all-purpose flour. Two heaping teaspoons. So I'm turning her volume down here. It's really two and a fourth teaspoons, but it's a lot easier just to measure two heaping. So I just turned her down quite a bit. And I'm going to actually switch my TV over to HDMI. And I'm going to play you some music. There we go. And I'm going to put it on HDMI 2, where I have my Fire Stick plugged in. And now I'm probably going to have to turn the volume back up on the soundbar. This part can actually be a little frustrating because you do have to keep this remote pretty handy <laughs> in order to do this and, and do it well. Yes, yeah, so you probably can't hear that right now because I need to turn this volume up further. So what I have here is my Amazon Fire Stick. I'm going to press play. I had some music playing and let's see if it'll continue it. It is not going to. So I'm going to speak to Alexa utilizing my Fire Stick and tell her to play the Rachel Platten station on Prime. Play the Rachel Platten station on Prime. The station Rachel Platten. So here comes Rachel Platten. Like a small boat on the ocean. Now I don't actually have bass extension on right here and it still sounds great. I do have my subs all the way up. So this just gives you an idea. I don't know how well this is even going to come across via the demo here, but the sound quality is absolutely fantastic. And then the bass is really going to kick in right here. I'm going to turn the bass extender on so you can hear it. And then I turn it back off. I'm just going to mute. That just gives you an idea of what that sounds like. You can do a lot with it. It's on stereo right now. I'm going to change it to surround sound. I said I don't recommend this for vocals, but I just wanted to give you an idea. And then I turned it back to stereo. I'm going to pause her. Whoops. That's the disadvantage of having a million remotes. You're going to drop something eventually. <laughs> I've got like three remotes here. The stream and the Braille Note Touch. And oh, it's madness. Anyway, you guys get a little insight into the bloopers happening in my world at this moment. Let's see if we can play something else. And again, I'm just going to use my Alexa button. Play Rachmaninoff. Shuffling songs by Sergei Rachmaninoff. And I'm just going to find something that will work for my demonstration here. So I'm just going to utilize my remote control for my Amazon Fire Stick. 
till I can find something orchestral. Here we go. And I'm going to turn this volume up just a bit more. And I'm going to put this back on surround sound. And it really does fill the room. You're probably just going to take my word for it. But it, it really does make a tremendous amount of difference in terms of something rich and full like this. And admittedly, this is rather minimal orchestration right here. But it really does make a big, big difference. In fact, I'm going to try and find a different piece really quick. Just to try and give you guys a little bit of an idea. Alright. This is surround sound. I'm going to put it on stereo. And back on surround. And I just pause that. So it does just give you an idea as to the quality of this and how room filling the surround sound can actually make things. What I'm now going to do is press the Bluetooth button on my remote here. And now I'm going to get my iPad and turn on Bluetooth. 930. Turn on Bluetooth. Okay, I turned on Bluetooth. And it does look like I'm going to have to reconnect this to the Yamaha. So I'm going to open Bluetooth settings. Open Bluetooth settings. Here is Bluetooth. And scroll through until I find what I'm looking for. My devices. Heading. AJ90. More info. AJ91. More info. That's 1050 Yamaha. Not connected. Button. There it is. I'm going to double tap this. That's 1050 Yamaha. Connecting. Double tap to open. And we connect. In my case, I was having a little bit of trouble, but it's it's connected. It's fine. Entertainment folder, thirteen apps, some games and goodies folder, eight apps. This is not the best Bluetooth I've ever seen, but it does work very well. You can hear maybe a mail notification coming in right there. I'm going to actually find us some music to listen to through Bluetooth here. Settings, mail, FaceTime, radio tune, QVC, NFB Newsline, QVC, QVC, radio tune, FaceTime, mail, FaceTime, active. Mail. Swipe carefully with this thing. Swipe up with three radio tunes. Because, as I said, it's not the best Bluetooth ever. It's very easy to miss what you actually wanted. So I'm going to open up Radio Tunes, which I love. And let's find us some music here. Smooth Jazz 24 feet 7. Cindy Bradley, you don't know what love is. Alright, here's some smooth jazz. Smooth Jazz 24 feet 7. Cindy Bradley, you don't know what love is. Info. But. Mozart and Sophie Mutter. Info. But. Classical period. The Angelus String Quartet. Classical period. The Angelus String Quartet. String Quartet in C major. Up. 33 no. 3 the bird. F. J. Heidemann. So here's some Haydn, if we can actually get it to play. <laughs> Classical period, the Angelus String Quartet. Here we go. And remember, this is still on surround sound. I can put it back on stereo. 
and back on surround. Really rich and beautiful. I'm going to try and find some chill. Here we go. Just to give you some different ideas of some styles. And I'm just looking for a few different things to show you guys. Here's some dance. And once again, this doesn't seem to want to work. Let me try this again. Oh, it was changing songs. Sometimes it has an issue when it's doing that. So if you turn bass extender on here, you're going to get some pretty serious bass going on. And I'm just showing a few different things. Here's some Sarah Brightman, if she'll play for us. And I'm going to put her back on stereo so you can hear what she really should be sounding like here. And what's nice is, no matter how loud you turn this up, there's no distortion. It's really beautiful. Um, here's some world. Let's see what we've got here. And let's do one more. I'm just going to scroll us back and find us some country. I'm just giving you some ideas. All right, here comes some country. And I just double tapped with two fingers to turn the music off. Now you may have heard that was a little softer at first and then the volume increased. Sometimes that happens. I think it's a Bluetooth thing where it's just not necessarily cooperating as it should. That doesn't happen very often and you notice that the volume did eventually return to where it needed to be. I'm just going to turn Bluetooth off on my iDevice here. Turn off Bluetooth. Okay, I turned off Bluetooth. And now I'm going to put this back on TV. And it should still be connected to HDMI 2. Let's see. Yep. So I was trying to see if I could hit play and get Rachel playing again. Oh no, it wasn't Rachel. We were doing our modern off last, weren't we? And I did turn the volume down a bit as well. So... That just gives you an idea of what this is like, how it works. I hope it's been useful for you to find out how this works. I think I paid $139 for it plus tax from Amazon. I believe I got this as a refurb. It's got well over a four-star rating. 
might be closer to 4.5. And I don't really consider myself the biggest audiophile in the world, but I am a musician. I was a music major. <laughs> I'm a professional singer. And music matters to me. And the way music comes across matters to me. And the texture of music matters to me. And being able to hear all the different relevant facets, and they're all relevant, of the music matters to me. So I don't want something mushy. I don't want something that doesn't sound like the artist intended, and I think this does a really, really great job. So once again, this is the Yamaha ATS-1050-R soundbar, and I hope you have enjoyed this demonstration. Thanks for joining me. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. To contact us, please visit www.mysticaccess.com. Call us, 716-543-3323, and press 2 to reach our Mystic Access Podcast comment line. Email us at show at mysticaccesspodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Please tell your friends and colleagues to visit us at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy what you hear on our podcasts, feel free to leave us an iTunes rating and review. We certainly appreciate those. Also, you may feel free to use our podcasts in your own RSS feed. Just be sure that all of our contact information is left intact. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for listening. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode.